This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? Well, of course, Sarah, one way to feel like you have more time is to spend your time better. And I find that when I'm in therapy and I'm talking about my priorities, it helps me figure out how to use my time, and that makes me happier. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Happier in Hollywood today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Happier in Hollywood. Problem is my office looks really good as long as you're looking up, but if you look down, it's like 50,000 cords everywhere. Mm, can you get like some sort of cord you know hider something to stick them all into so that it's more streamlined i hope so because <laughs> it's terrible i need a cord <laughs> wrangler is that a thing yeah probably Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about flow and how hard it is to attain. And in Take a Hike, we're going to discuss a happiness dilemma that has been plaguing Liz. We also have a work from home segment, a coffee hack, and Sarah has a memoir recommendation. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it is our lack of flow and figuring out how we can get into flow. Yes, so there are lots of definitions of flow. Yes, but what we mean when we're talking about flow is feeling fully immersed and engaged in what we're doing, totally focused, not aware of anything else for a good chunk of time. They say you need an hour to actually achieve flow. And that's whether we're actually writing something or just having creative conversations. Yes, at least one hour of totally immersed Focus. Doesn't that sound mm -hmm. nice, Liz? It does. It sounds like what we really are trying to attain sort of for 24 hours when we do our Roar 24s. Yes, absolutely. It's like within those 24 hours, we want to get a few different hours of flow, basically. Yes. But we are not on a Roar 24 now, and <laughs> it has been very hard to achieve flow. Partly because we're doing so many different things. In other words, so many different projects. Yes. Every day, you know, I write down what we are focusing on on that day. And there are at least two, if not three or four, or sometimes five things that we need to talk about 
on some level, whether it's just a 10-minute conversation or a three-hour conversation or three hours of writing or reviewing something. It's endless and in many directions. Yes, because part of what we're doing is we've talked about how, yes, we have the book, we have the podcast, we have three different development projects that we're actively in different stages of. But on top of that, as we've discussed, we are doing a lot of meetings. And many times we have to prepare for a meeting. So that's another thing where we have to go away from whatever project we're actually doing on a day-to-day basis and prepare. And you kind of have to do it right then because, you know, the meeting is happening when it's happening. Yeah, and it's actually more than three, Liz. I have my list. I looked at it, and I can tell you it's like five. So it's just so much. So we're constantly starting and stopping. We'll be working on something, and then an email will come in, and it's like, oh, gosh, we have to talk about this email right now. We have to respond. Sometimes we then have to put away what we're doing, open a different document, work on that. So it's just... It feels like there's no uh, momentum. Yes. I mean, today is a perfect example. We're recording the podcast. Then we were planning to spend the day focused on a particular pitch, but we're having two conversations about another pitch right after we record, and that's 100% going to take the rest of the day. Whatever the outcome of those two calls are, that's going to sweep away probably the entire rest of our plan for the day. Probably so. Yeah. So then that gets pushed to tomorrow, hopefully. And then we <laughs> yes, also if got we're an lucky e- we do it yes. tomorrow. <laughs> yes. We also got an email last night about something else we have to address. So what can we do? Because being in that state is one of the things we love about our job. It's why we like to do this, one reason. Well, it's hard because We like this part of the job. I like that we're not doing the same thing all the time. I like it when we're on a show and we're doing editing and casting and writing in the room and, you know, all of these different things is great. And I like that we're not totally focused on one thing, but it also makes it really, really hard. Yeah, it makes it feel like getting into that flow is unattainable. However, we must attain it. There is no option. Yes, It's like I said, when I had a child, I no longer had writer's block because I didn't have the option to have writer's block. We need our flow. Yes. Writer's block is a luxury. Flow is not. Flow is something we need. Well, one thing I did, Liz, is I just got noise-canceling headphones. I know it's no-spend February, but I was like— Part of what happens in my house is the the dogs and the people, and my office still doesn't have a door because the door I ordered came broken. So I got noise-canceling headphones that I'm hoping will help me just tune out all the other stuff. Oh, I'm very interested to hear. If they work, we can do that as a Hollywood hack. Indeed. Well, what I find is it's so much easier, and this goes to what I was saying about you can't have writer's block with a kid. For me, it is much easier to get into a flow when I have a defined project with defined due dates. Yes. Well, we're obligers, so that works for us. The due dates are very crucial, and us giving ourselves due dates, as we know, 
only works to a point. It helps for sure. Yeah. But you and I are very easy with each other on our due dates, and we'll be like, okay, move that due date. <laughs> yeah. So one thing we're, we've been talking about is trying to set aside a power hour. Just do a solid power hour where we're just, for one hour, working on this one thing, turning off all notifications, not checking emails, not answering phones, not even having phones nearby probably is the yes. best way to do that. Like the Jane Espenson writing sprint, which is one of the most brilliant things ever. Yes, yes. For those who don't know, Jane Espenson is an incredible writer, and she'll often, back in Twitter days, say, okay, who wants to do a writing sprint at the top of the hour? One hour of focus time on anything you want to do. Go now. And those are great. Uh, but yes, that's what we need, Sarah. In fact, we should call it that. Yes, we should decide on, you know, because we talk on the phone basically 500 times a day. Yes. <laughs> we should say, all right, let's go have a Jane Espenson writing sprint power hour. And then off we go. Yes. Maybe we'll call it a J-E-P. Yeah. Jane Espenson Sprint. And then, Sarah, one thing we have to do is keep the big picture in mind. I know for me, I can be like, you know, running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And I'm like, oh, now this has come up. We have to respond. We have to respond to this, to that. Rather than going, okay, big picture, what is important that we do, right? Like our novel. Big picture, it's very important that we focus on our novel and get it done. However, I get lost in the day-to-day, -day, uh, what's in front of me, what feels like it needs to be responded to immediately, and again, and that just kills flow. It does, but it's, I mean, it kind of is part and parcel of where we are right now. Like, yeah. I don't think you can really judge yourself for that because that is what's happening, you know? Right. But that said, we do need to say, on Monday, we are not going to deal with any of these other things, no matter what, and yeah. totally focus on the book. You know what's interesting, I'm just realizing as we have this discussion, is it's sort of like show running. When you know that you have to go to the room and work <laughs> on the story, because if you don't, you don't have a show, but you get caught up in, oh, I have to talk to this executive. Oh, I have to look at casting. Oh, I have to like have a props meeting. And you do all those things. And then at the end of the day, the writers haven't moved forward because of you, because of us on the story. So we're kind of experiencing that, but just in a different venue. Yes, absolutely. We struggle with it there, too. Of course, but we also know that, and we do prioritize the room. It is a struggle, but we do always prioritize the room, which is, I think, one of the things, actually, that Zoom rooms makes easier because you're like, up oh, on the calendar, here we are in the room. For sure, Zoom rooms. I don't like Zoom rooms, but that is one thing they do is make that easier. <laughs> the one benefit. <laughs> Okay, coming up, Sarah, and take a hike. We're going to talk about my happiness dilemma. But first, this break. Okay. 
I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, it is time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, we're having a Take a Hike discussion. Not something I don't think we've ever done before, Sarah. We're exploring my happiness dilemma, and we're going to ask for listeners' suggestions. And this is a very interesting dilemma, Liz, because it's so intrinsic to who you are. So explain to people what your dilemma is. Yes. Okay, so my dilemma is I am happier when I see other people, when I connect. I mean— drastically happier. It's a a big difference. When I've seen people, I will feel literally reborn. I will feel as if I have begun again in this life. it's, It's an amazing difference for me emotionally, mentally, my even physical level of energy. And explain what you mean by see people, like see going people to parties, is, going to— go to someone's house for dinner, have people over for dinner, go to a game night, go to a weekend away with people, go to a play with someone. Just seeing friends and family, uh, my extended family as well, them I'm better about this, so it's not as much of a dilemma. But really it's about connecting with friends, When we do a Roar 24, for instance, even though that's for work, it also is for our friendship time. Yeah. However, ever since the pandemic, when I make a plan, I dread it. Every single activity I dread. I bitterly regret having made the plan. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I invite people over, I spend days stomping around, bitterly regretting that I agreed to do this. <laughs> however, once the activity starts, whatever it is, however much I've dreaded it or regretted it, 20 minutes in, I'm like so happy and totally feel like a different person. What's so fascinating to me about this is I am just not like this at all, like 100% not like this. I really do think I could live alone in the woods with some animals and a spinning wheel and a computer to write on, and I would be perfectly happy. <laughs> like, I, you're an extrovert. I'm definitely an introvert. I took You told me to take some quiz, the Susan Cain quiz, and I'm solidly an introvert. But Violet is very much like you. So this discussion feels very relevant to my life, too, and how I can support her in getting out there. And she, I mean, she has to be around people all the time. Yes. Well, and she doesn't dread it the way I do, though. Right? No, true. No, <laughs> no. So, Liz, let's start with that. Let's start with the dread. Why do you think you dread social outings now? Okay. Well, I kind of thought about this. It's a few things. I dread getting ready, like drying my hair, for instance, figuring out what to wear, yeah. and getting there. Now, in L.A., getting somewhere is a real pain. Like, I was noticing the other night, I was going to something at our friend Lori Zax's house. Now, that I did not dread. And I said, why don't I dread this? Because Lori lives, like, five minutes from me. Right. She's so, so close. Very easy to get there. Also, it was a casual event. So, I what I wore didn't really matter. I mean, I wasn't wearing sweats, but, you know, jeans and a sweatshirt. And once again... I had a great time. I got there. I talked to people. These weren't even, like, for the most part, people I knew. And yet, it was very restorative for me to just go out and see people at Lori's house. Well, here's what I'm wondering. Because it sounds like a lot of the hurdles and the things that you dread are things that maybe you could prep ahead of time. Like, this is what you do when you have people over, right? You have all your things for a tablescape already that you know you can put out. You have several orders that you are your go-to orders for having dinner parties. Like, you're going to get the chicken from here and the whatever, right? You have that True. already established. True. And now, you're right, and true, now with, with having people over, my main dread is the cleaning. Everything else I've, <laughs> I've got down. That's true. And that's universal, I hope. Yeah. I, like, it's, I think everyone's dread is that of having people over. But if you had five outfits, like, just sort of in your head or even written down in your notes app on your phone and you had your go-to hairstyle, like, you do the sleek pulled back ponytail really well, you could get kind of an elevated uh, hair tie, you know, not the classic Target black hairband that we all mm -hmm. <laughs> get something just, you know, a little elevated there. Decide you're always going to Uber, that that is worth it for you, and, you know, have something fun you do in the Uber. Like, maybe you just need a plan. Yes, because it is true. One thing that I really dislike is driving and parking, and we've discussed that. So it's true. If I um, Now, if Adam's going, that's obviously not an issue. But many, many times I'm going on my own. Because Adam is like you. He's <laughs> yeah. more about staying home. 
These are all good suggestions. I think the outfit suggestion is really good. I think the Uber suggestion is really good. And the hair suggestion. Hair is just a hassle in life, isn't it? I know. I feel like hair has been the bane of your existence since you were a small child. So just like, go. all right, I always just put it back. Okay. Listeners, what are your suggestions? I think many people suffer from this. I think we talk about this on Happier many times. We make a plan and then we regret making the plan. How can I get over that? Because it also keeps me from making plans because I don't want to have that feeling of dread. So listeners, let us know. I'm going to report back, Sarah. Let everybody know how I do with your suggestions and we'll tell everyone what listeners say as well. All right. And Liz, you are going to have to report back in a few months. Like, give this some time to implement and then let us know how it's going. Yes. Yes. Will do. Okay. All right, Liz. It's time for our work from home segment where we talk about the goods and bads of working from home. And today we're talking about my clothes. Yes, you just made your closet into an office. It is the most cute. I call it cunning, Sarah. It's so cunning, every little detail. (laughs) So I want to hear why you did it and then describe what you did. Okay. So the guest room of my house had been my office. And I just really want a guest room. I want people to be able to come and stay and have a comfortable space and not have to deal with animals and work stuff. And so, and you know, I'm going to build an office in the back, but I'm not doing it right now. And I really need an office right now. So... I decided that this, I have a closet that's like, it's not like big, but it's big enough. And I decided to turn that closet into my clothes. And so what did you do? Well, first of all, I ripped out all of the closet stuff, you know, the old ugly shelves and the hooks and hangers and all of the organizing stuff that was in the closet. So it was just really a blank slate. And then I painted it two colors that I really love. You call it aubergine. I it's actually purplicious and and another <laughs> rich purple color. And then I had I've talked about the um, the shelves. I had a local carpenter slash artist come and do these wonderful shelves from reclaimed Ojai wood. But the entire space, because it's small, has to be very, very, very specific. Like, I spent about a month with a measuring tape in my hand nonstop (laughs) because it was literally like, okay, this is 19 inches. That's going to be too small. 22 inches is going to be too big. So I have to find something right in that, you know, window. It's like very, very deliberate and specific. So you got a sitting, standing desk— Yes. That fit, because your treadmill desk was way too big. And then you got like a little treadmill for under your standing desk. Yeah. Well, one of the problems has been I will get something and then it doesn't work, so I have to get something else. So I bought a sit-stand desk. It was way too big, so I moved it outside. Now it's Violet's art desk. (laughs) I got (laughs) a very small treadmill, but it just it didn't work right, so then I got a walking pad that folds. So it's ah. there's some trial and error involved, but if I'm going to have this small space, I really want it to be exactly how I want it. 
And then, Sarah, because you also use it for podcasting and you want the sound to be good, you got these amazing, what are they called, sound pads for the wall that have a picture of a lion, which is our symbol for 2024. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing in the office. Chuck told me about these fantastic sound panels and that they have, you know, you can get all the different kinds of images on them. So I looked online and there was a lion and we had just decided that a lion was our symbol. So now on Zooms, I have, I literally have this big like lion face <laughs> looking at me over my shoulder. It makes me very happy. It's so great. And then We've already discussed your whimsical, glittery um, light switch plate. Which I love. And then I got some very specific art that probably only I love. I got this really big print off Etsy that's a chicken on like 50 eggs. Nice. (laughs) That makes me very happy. And I put in some pictures of Violet and and books that are important, but it's very, again, like I went through everything and was like, okay, these four books, yes. These 500 books, no. This picture, yes. This thing of my grandma's. So I really love everything that's in the space. Well, Sarah, I do wonder if some of us have a closet that could become a clawfist. I'm thinking about, I had a friend who works for Disney and during the pandemic, of course, she was home with her three kids and her husband, and I swear she spent the entire pandemic sitting on a folding chair in her kids' closet. She would have benefited so much from a clothis, especially a cunning clothis like yours. Yes, because I think you can do it in a space that's smaller than you think. My office is probably only like five feet by five feet, my clothis, and it's just enough. Just enough. Well, and Gretchen calls her office the cockpit because she has a small office as well, although not quite as small as yours. (laughs) Yes, I love that too. I like thinking about it as a cockpit, but I do think Clawfus is stuck. It's just, that's what I call it now. Yes. Well, Sarah, once you get your door, then it's really going to be complete and fantastic. Yes, and I will stand in the middle of my tiny space and turn in a circle and take a video and put it on our Facebook group. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm very happy for you because talk about happiness dilemma. You were so frustrated with being in the guest room. It was not working for you on any level. And I'm so glad you have this space. So I love it. Me too. I'm so happy with my clothes. All right, next up we have a coffee Hollywood hack, but first this break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Podcast. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which you have, and it's a two-cup coffee pot. Yes. Having not been a coffee drinker really my whole life, for some reason after Violet was born, I've gotten really into coffee. First it was cold coffee, now it's hot coffee. But because we are working from home a lot, I don't like going out into the house to refill my coffee cup because that always involves getting in a discussion or doing some other thing. It's very distracting. When I get into my little office, I want to stay here. So... I have it right here, Liz. Actually, I'll hold it up so you can see it on our little videos. Mm. I bought a Lafica, L-A-F-E-E-C-A, two-cup coffee pot. So I can just make the coffee, come in my office. It stays warm. It's the exact right amount of coffee, and I don't have to leave. So to be clear, is the pot designed to keep the coffee warm? Yes, it's an insulated, little insulated pot. Yeah. Because most coffee pots are not designed that way. So that that's a huge difference. Yes. I should say I do pour over coffee. So it's not like a, a coffee maker pot. It's a, it's more of the thermos with a pouring spout variety, I guess. Got it. And we'll link to that in the show notes if people are interested in seeing the one you got. Well, that's great. I mean, it's just why people used to take a thermos of coffee with them to work, right? That used to be yeah. such a big thing. I think some people still do um, who go to work, who go to an office. <laughs> but I love the two-cup coffee pot for your work-at-home office to keep yourself from being distracted. This will help us as we need to get into our flow, Sarah. That's right. It's a, it's a flow tool. Okay, finally, Sarah, you have a recommendation this week. Yes, I have a book recommendation. It's a memoir by Peggy Ornstein called Unraveling. It was recommended by a listener on our Facebook group. I love this book so much. Okay, so during the pandemic, Peggy Ornstein decided that she was going to do sheep to sweater, like 
She literally learned to shear sheep, and then she learned to dye and spin and all of the different steps to make yarn. And then she's a lifelong knitter, so she already knew how to do that, but she had to learn how to design a sweater pattern, and she made a sweater. She calls it the Martha sweater because she named the sheep that she sheared Martha. Aww. I know. And it's just a really beautiful book. She was sort of processing the death of her mom and dealing with her father having dementia and going through a lot of life changes. Her daughter was about to go to college. And it helped her really process all of these things. And she learned so much, and then she shared it. Like, I loved that the book was really ultimately about some really big major stuff that affects everyone, although all of her family stuff is extremely relatable for everyone. But it ultimately is also about climate anxiety, racial justice, women's rights, the impact of technology, sustainability. It's like it covers so much. And Peggy Ornstein is really funny. So it's very deep and fascinating, but also she's hilarious. And you said you listened to the audiobook and she reads it. Yes, and she's such a great reader. It was it was an incredibly enjoyable six hours. Well, I love the title, Unraveling. We can yes. all relate to that. <laughs> I think we all did that during the pandemic, yes. yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Remember to send me your suggestions for how I can not dread the plans I make. Thank you for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Canes 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S Fane. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fane. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. I would enjoy more consistency, though. That would be nice. I would love to have some consistency. I I would would like to to be bored. I would like to be in our third season of doing something. Yes. And be ready for a change. (laughs) From the Onward Project. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.